0: Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Burgess Hill.
1: As you can see, there are two chairs here this morning. Um, Kevin and I will be speaking together. Last time, for the baby comes, that will be up here um, for a bit, anyways. Um, so we just thought this morning. We're taking a little break from our Roman series um, and we're actually going to be uh, having a DNA Sunday. So we're going to be talking about who we are and all of that. So first things, things first, up. my name is Sharon.
0: Yes, my name is Kevin, if you don't know. yes.
1: <laughs> uh, we're the congregation of pastors here, Kingdom of Burgess Hill. And we're really excited to just share our heart and hopefully God's heart with you this morning uh, of who we are. How many of you know that you've? we've all got DNA, right? We've got biological DNA, yes? Yes. Yes, and something amazing about it is that, and Rob, policeman Rob can correct me on this, whenever you touch something, you leave some DNA on it because you just, you carry it and you leave it everywhere you go. Don't you? It's amazing. Um, so we're actually going to look at what the Oxford Dictionary says about DNA, it's quite remarkable really. Um, So, the Oxford Dictionary describes DNA like this. It's a, and this is an important word, self-replicating material that is present in nearly all living organisms as the main constituent of chromosomes. It is the carrier of genetic information. The fundamental and distinctive characteristic or qualities of someone or something especially when regarded as unchangeable. So we've all got a biological DNA that we're born with, right? But we've actually also got a spiritual DNA. When we give our lives to Jesus, we're born again, right? So we've got a spiritual DNA that what makes you, you, spiritually. Yes? You're allowed to talk to us this morning, okay? (laughs) You're allowed. Uh, No problem there. Um. So as a church, we also have a DNA as a, as a church, who we are spiritually, what we're about. And like it said, it's a self-replicating thing. So we would use the word multiplying. Um, and it's something that carries genetic information. It carries the very essence of who you are. So each church has got that because we're all different and we can all learn from each other. And that's the beauty that when we come and become part of a church, we kind of become part of this this group of carrier of genetic information. And um, we are actually called to carry. Did you want to say something? No. Oh, okay. Yes. You look like you wanted to. Uh, we carry, as Christians, we're meant to carry the DNA of Christ primarily, right? We don't want to carry a DNA specifically of... I'm carrying DNA of Kingdom Faith Church. Obviously, we do that, but what we want is the DNA of Christ to show everywhere, right? Because that's what we are meant to do. We're not called Christians for nothing. Christians in Greek means little Christ. And it basically means that wherever we go, we're supposed to be little Christ. When people look at us, they don't see us, they see Christ. Amen. How many of you want to be? Little Christ, real Christian—that's what it means. Hey, okay? yes. so we are meant to be Christ-like, a self-replicating, multiplying church and people. Um, if we look in Genesis uh, one verse twenty-eight. Uh, God says to Adam and Eve, God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the, no, hold on, I've got the wrong scripture in here. Oh no, I don't. Okay. It's right there. Increase on the earth. And then in Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, which is the great commission, very important. It says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Amen. Go and make disciples. What an incredible mandate God gave us, hey? Go and make disciples. That implies multiplying, spreading, being fruitful, right? So that's what we're called to be. And that's what um, it looked like when um, Jesus called the disciples to do that. So what did it look like to be a disciple of Jesus at that time? If we're called to be disciples, and we look at the Bible, what did it look like for the disciples? Well, they lived with him, they ate with him, they talked with him, they asked him questions, They sometimes argued with him, which, uh, you know, sometimes happens. Um, And they followed him. And he did whatever he said. They followed his lead, right? And that's what it's supposed to look like for us, if we're supposed to take the Bible as an example. Now, I'm very aware we don't have a literal standing Jesus here that you can sit down and have a coffee with, per se. But we've got something even better, Because we don't actually have to chase around the place trying to find Jesus, Jesus. But we all get to have a personal relationship with Jesus because he lives inside of us. And we've got the Holy Spirit. So we get to actually carry Jesus everywhere we go. And ultimately, it's all about Jesus. And that's the type of relationship God wants to have with you that not just is he always with you, but he wants you to be aware of the fact that he's always with you. He wants to talk to you, he wants to show you things. Now you might be like, Sharon, this is all really basic stuff. I know all of this, so why are you talking about this? Because what we're about to talk about next, this is the very foundation of it all, okay? We've got a DNA, we've got Christ in us, and wherever we go, we need to carry it and spread it, and we're called to multiply and make disciples. But in order to make disciples, we have to be disciples first, right? Yeah, You have to be a disciple yourself before you can make other disciples. Over to you.
0: (laughs) Over to me. We have to uh, be disciples first because in... in being disciples, that's where we learn and we learn then about what we're supposed to do, who we are supposed to be, and then we see comm- commandments all throughout the word, like love one another, and then we realize that's what Jesus did. So that's what we are going to do, right? Um, and so what does it mean for us to be disciples and for us to make disciples? I've got a little illustrations for you today. Some of you that have been uh, with us for a while know that I love illustrations Um, I still feel like I'm a bit in a fishbowl but hopefully you can fix that as we go about otherwise I'll just switch mics Um, you are gonna hold it you are my wall of uh, security Um, should I just use the other mic you think Uh, I'll just switch the mic Cool. happy days this sounds much better thank you Jesus there is grace right Actually, I should have put the chair. I shouldn't have moved the chair. I'm right-handed. Oh, Kevin, you haven't thought this story. Okay, people, you will have to look at this as we go along. So we are all disciples called to make disciples, and we are all a uh, body, right? Let me give you a great illustrations. I did not make this up. Uh, a certain famous guy that is now dead called C.S. Lewis did, and he was very smart, and it goes something like this. Uh, let me, I'm not, oh, I, I have to pre- preface this I have to preface this by saying I am not preface this you get what I'm saying by saying I am not a great I'm not great at drawing stuff so this will be very very um, approximately something what well, I'm making stuff up so uh, can you guess can you guess what this is let's see how far. can you guess what those are these okay yeah we we're not there yet it's okay we'll we'll fix this in a second we'll fix this in a second okay so now let me put uh oh this one oh boats <laughs> you're a genius you have ton yeah you you have twenty twenty vision something special we have let our do this look 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 so it's because you've seen it so all of these are little boats. For, for my sake and your sake, we will agree they are little boats. See, they have sails and they have like the little boat and then um, they, they can have little people in the boat. See, how wonderful is this? I should have hired Sabrina to do my drawing. She's obviously very frustrated with the look of my boats. Um, so these are boats and um, they're all individual boats uh, going about until they actually... Um, Come in relationship with one another now a unit of boats or a group of boats it has a fancy name called flotilla it is a grouping of boats a fleet of boats that are working as a unit together now for this random collection of boats to become a flotilla uh it needs three things you ready so i didn't leave much space but it needs to be healthy first so every boat that you see needs to be healthy within itself right so for the thing to be a flotilla and for it to work every single boat needs to be healthy needs to be seaworthy needs to have a sail that works or engines that works if they don't do sails and um it needs to be seaworthy the the Cockpit or whatever it's called. I'm not a boat person. We should have John here, but he's not here. Everything needs to be seaworthy for it to work, so every boat needs to be individually healthy. Second, you'll see that actually they are all a random collection of boat until they enter in relationship with one another, right so you have they are supposedly be in formation, but our formation is very approximate today but they are all in relationship with one another so our second point is to have this random collection of boats become a flotilla a working unit it needs to be let's put it here Two. i I should have prepared this better um two relationships relationships there you go it needs they all need to be in relationship with one another right so the the principle here the ideas here is that if this boat decides to go all the way down here by itself it can no longer be a flotilla it's a random collection of boat again so this boat needs to be in relationship to that boat and that boat needs to be in relationship with that boat for things to work for the unit to work as one and move forward so every boat needs to be healthy within themselves to function and then every boat needs to be in good relationship with one another for the whole thing to function right if they bump into each other that is not good right because they'll sink if they both go in different directions and just do whatever they want they are not in relationship then that is not good either now you're probably thinking well that's good we're missing one thing yes we are the third point is that for this to be a good flotilla Everything needs to work according to a plan. If the flotilla is meant to be headed to New York and this boat decides to go to the coast of France, it's not a flotilla anymore. Do you get my point? So there's a plan that they all follow. We are going, I don't know, northeast and that's where we go, right? So all the boats are submitted to the plan for it to work so we have every boat that is healthy every boat that is in good relationship with one another and every boat that is submitted to the plan and that is makes this beautiful flotilla of boats i'm pretty proud of myself right now sabrina wouldn't agree but i'm pretty i'm pretty proud of myself this is this is very good look at those sails um fantastic now you've probably guessed that this has nothing to do with boats or flotillas or sails any of that. We are the flotilla, right? We need to, everyone, part of the body needs to be healthy, right? We want everyone individually to be healthy. We want all of us to be in good relationship with one another, and we all follow a plan, and the plan is given by God, right? So now that you have all of this in mind, I can go back to sitting down into my notes. And we'll keep this here in case you get distracted. You can admire the beautiful flotilla of boats. Hopefully this will stay standing. Now, healthy. Each boat needs to be healthy. Relationships. We don't want boats bumping into each other. And the plan. We want to be submitted to the plan. So when we come together, we want good relationships with one another. We want to be healthy and we want to be submitted to the plan. Now, 1 Corinthians 12, very famous passage, says this, Just as a body, the one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of that body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, well, where would the sense be? Where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as He wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but just one body. See, just like with the flotilla, every part of this body needs to play its part for it to function properly. And we believe as Kingdom Faith Burgess seal here, but as Kingdom Faith as a whole as well, that God has a plan, as Sharon was saying at the very beginning, for us as a church, as a body. The call on Kingdom Faith is quite simple. If we have to put it in one sentence, it would sound something like this. To see revival for a generation. Turning the tide of a godless society by faith expressed through love in the power of the Holy Spirit to win and make disciples of all nations. I think that's a beautifully put sentence. It encompasses everything that we are. Faith expressed through love by the power of the Holy Spirit. We want to make disciples and turn the tide of this godless society society now added to that beautiful vision we have specific words that we have as a church like the fact that God has spoken that as a body again we will reach 5,000 households within this 25 mile radius around Horsham now that's a lot of households that's a lot of family on average that would probably mean around 20,000 people is that a thing 5,000 households, 20,000 yeah we'll take it as a yes And the strategy to reach that goal or that word that God has given us is to be one church in many locations. We are here in Burgess Hill this morning and part of the body is meeting in Horsham and part of the body is meeting in Crawley and part of the body is meeting in Worthing. Now, if we focus on us here in Burgess Hill, here's what I think. There are different stages in the life of the body, in the life of a church. Actually, these principles have come from team management and stuff. So you might have heard them, but we can apply them here as well. So for any company or organization, there's a forming stage and then a norming stage and a storming stage and all the stages. And here in BH, I'm I'm Burgess Hill, I'm fully aware that although we started for a few years, we are very much still in this forming stage. We are forming things and building things and laying the foundation of everything for the years to come. And that's not a bad thing, right? I used to be quite... Naive and young, and you know, when you're very young, well, I'm still young, thank you, Jesus. I have no hair, but that's okay. Um, when I was younger, I, I, you know, you're young and you think you can take on the world, and you're a bit naive, and you're like, Yeah, this is gonna be great, we're gonna have thousands of people, and blah. And I still believe all of that. I just thought it would just happen like this, right? And there are stages and purposes and things that God does in every phase and season of life, and I've learned to appreciate that and it's important to not get to the good bit too fast because actually there is value and goodness in every bit of the journey thank you jesus for that and so i believe that we are very much in the forming stage of this congregation and you know what i love it because along with that i believe that every single one of you here today and those that are not here today but let's imagine them on those empty seats you are here for a reason because this is where you come in right i believe that each of you guys are here today to be a part of what god is doing in this congregation if you imagine a laying on the foundation of a house it's like each of us are this one brick added to the next. Each of us has a part to play in the building of this house that God is doing here. If we go back to the imagery of the body, you are all a part of the body. Maybe one of you is a finger, maybe one of you is an ear, maybe one of you is an eye, maybe one of us is a foot, maybe one of us is whatever else there is in the body. And maybe over time what we have done and what the church has done is maybe put too much emphasis on certain parts of the body, let's say the or the eye or the mouth because it's what speaks but actually I believe that every one of you has a purpose and a place here and a purpose to play in what God is doing here and that can look so many different like so many different things it doesn't have to look a certain way we don't want 40 Kevins believe me we do not want that we would not get anywhere If we had 40 Kevins, in fact, this morning would not have happened had we had 40 Kevins because I would have forgotten half the stuff that we are supposed to do. So we want one of me and many of the others so that things can work together as a body. Just like the flotilla, we want every boat to maintain the course to the plan that God has set up and so every one of those boat needs to actively do that right submit into the plan and follow in the course um, and so we want to do that which leads us as we continue to develop we focus on the plan part which was number 3 we go in but to we go in backwards kind of and now we're going to look at the second point which was relationships hopefully this is making some sense to
1: you thank you thank you um, yeah so we're going to talk just a little bit about the relationships part so as we saw on here in order for that collection of boats to be considered a flotilla they have to be in relationship with one another communicating with one another submitted to the same plan right so we are not just a random group of boats hey we want to be flotilla we want to be on that mission that God has given us like we saw the great commission that Jesus has given us and in order for that to work, each boat has to be in relationship with one another. There's a few arrows missing here, but if if one on a on far left side, that boat is not in relationship with the far right, whenever they have to change formation and move slightly east or west or whatever, there's gonna be a disconnect, there's gonna be an issue. So it, it doesn't work for it just to be the boat being in relationship with the boat, just right in front of it or right next to it. They are all as a collection have to be in communication with one another because if one gets damaged and only the boat next to it knows, what is the one at the very front supposed to do if they don't know about it and then one of them gets lost and all of that. If one of them gets damaged, the whole flotilla is considered damaged. There is a verse about it. If one part of the body suffers, the whole body does, hey? One part of the body rejoices, we all do. So this is one of those things that we just have to keep in mind. That's with the flotilla. Now that's the same for us, if we're using that as an example for us. We all have got different giftings, different unique uh, anointings, just like Kevin said, we don't want 100 Kevins. We want you because you're all unique and you've got something that no one else has. And you have a place in this flotilla that no one else can fill because they've got to fill their own spot. Does that make sense? So that is really, really important. Now, what connects them? The plan, right? We need to understand that everyone on board, excuse the pun, needs to be on board with the plan. Okay. Um, Otherwise, we're gonna bump into each other. We're gonna have issues, or we're gonna distance ourselves from each other. Now, um, our, <laughs> our youth and children's pastor, Dave Hellier, um, he had this sentence that he he always says, uh, had still does, uh, has, and if you've done youth or children's work with him, he'll probably will have stuck with you forever because it's so part of everything that he is and what he communicates that you just yeah, he just keeps saying it and you just, it sticks with you. And the slide he always says is, God is good and your life matters. And it's something we always want to communicate with the youth and children's work. And that's just, that's his, his phrase, God is good and your life matters. And that's something I want to say to you, that your life matters and your partner's flotilla matters because if you're not there, something is missing. Now, We need all of us of all ages, all backgrounds, all experiences for this flotilla to be able to be complete and work on this plan. Now, please hear us here. This is not a, we need you to serve on a Sunday, we're desperate for help type of preach, okay? That's not what we're trying to communicate here. What we're trying to communicate is that what you've got is important and what you carry matters because no one else has that. And actually your life is valuable to this flotilla. And we want to build relationship with one another. We want to have relationship with all of you. It doesn't make sense w- for it to just be with some of you. And that means for if we're all in relationship with one another, having relationships with people that are maybe not like us or that maybe don't know us, don't have the same interests, maybe different background, different age group. But that's the beautiful thing about family, right? In a family, you don't want everyone to be the same age. (laughs) You'd have a bit of an issue. Hey, you need everyone to fulfill their role in the family. Now, we want to use Jesus' as example. You're like, Sharon, why is this so important about us having relationship with people that are not like us? Remember how we talked about using Jesus and the disciples as, as an example of what it means to be disciples in a relationship? Well, all of those disciples were unique and complicated in their own ways. And a lot of them probably wouldn't have gotten on with each other because of whether it was their jobs, whether it was how they grew up. You had a zealot who was oh keen to fight for, uh, for the kingdom, was going to fight the Romans. You had a tax collector who was despised by most Jews. You had fishermen, you had people that were more intellectual. You had brothers who were competent. There was, there was so much. If you look at, at the actual disciples and where they've come from, so many reasons for them not to like each other. But Jesus, brought a random group of guys together and made them family, just like Jesus put a random group of us (laughs) together and makes us family. And we want want this to be home for everyone and everyone to be able to feel welcome. And that's part of who we are, like Kevin was saying, um, kind of our our mission statement, our vision, turning the tide of a goddess society. And You know, as Kingdom Faith, we were born out of revival and community. That's in our DNA. You know, that's what we were born out of, out of the revival, out of the community, the very heart of it, worship, word, and prayer. Okay, that's something where if you stick around long enough with us, that's something we'll not ever get away from because that is the very essence, the very DNA of who we are, that we put a lot of emphasis and importance on. Prayer, worship, the word. It's the foundation of who we are. And, and we want to carry that DNA, that revival DNA, that DNA of faith expressed through love, through the power of the Holy Spirit, everywhere we go. We want to shed that DNA everywhere. Hey. Now, we've got this thing called Church in the Home that we do as a congregation, um, where we meet every other week, we meet in homes. And... Why is it something that we do as well? It's smaller groups. You can build more relationship with one another. And why do we love it? That it's not always the same hosts every week. And each week you'll meet a different group of people. Why we encourage you to go around and not stick with the same people because it helps us build relationship with the other people around us, but also we want to communicate that each family member is important and valuable and loved and seen. And part of why we also ask everyone to always bring a little something um, like food or something like that to church in the home. It's not about the food. Yes, it's very helpful for the host, but there's a principle behind it, which is more of we want to communicate that actually what you have and what you bring to the table is important. And if you don't, something is missing. And again, that's not a... You have to bring everything to, we want you to serve and that's not what I'm trying to say. But we're trying to say that no one can replace you. You are unique. Only you have that. We all have a DNA as a whole, but you've also got that specific DNA part of you, genetic information that only God has given you, that God has only given you, I should say. So it's more about that principle. And you might feel like, I don't have much to offer. I've run out. I'm too busy. No one's going to care anyways. That's not true. It really matters. You're valuable and you're precious to this body. Okay? I think we've hit that point home now. There we go.
0: All right. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. And um, the third point is being healthy. So we've done the plan, relationships, and then... There is healthy. Now, oh, about relationships as well. One more thing I'm gonna say is iron sharpen iron, right? Iron sharpen iron. I'm up and pronouncing that, okay? Um, iron, iron, iron. I'm lost now. You get what I'm saying? It sharpens iron. It's biblical. That is what the second point is all about. The relationship, right? We want to sharpen each other. We want to be there for one another. We want to speak into each other's lives and move forward together. And Church in the home, as well as here, is an opportunity for that to happen all the time. That is why we say, don't rush off, stay here, build relationships, speak into each other's life, be there for one another. That is so important. But as Sharon said, we hammered that home, so let's move on. Healthy, being healthy. Now, what's the first thing that pop into your mind if I say healthy in today's terms It's probably a, a, a being physically healthy, or it's about what you eat, or it's about working out, or it's about whatever else juices and things and diets and and we can think about all of that and i'm sure all of that is good um but actually here's what proverb 17 1722 says a joyful heart is good medicine but a crushed spirit dries up the bones proverb 1624 says gracious words are like honeycomb sweetness to the soul and health to the body a crushed spirit dries up the bones. No matter how much you take care of the physical, no matter how much you try to be healthy in in the world's term, let's say, if the spirit is not alive, if the spirit is not well, then it dries up the bones, right? And sweetness to the soul and health to the body is what is gracious words. Now, who gives us gracious words? God does, right? And so we can be so focused on I don't know, just humans, the world can be so focused on a a certain version of what healthy looks like. But we as a church know that healthy is so much more than that because there is a spiritual aspect to that. And so we don't want to live with a crushed spirit because it will drive the bones. We want to live with a spirit that is well, that is alive, that is kicking, uh, that we we feed constantly. Right. And so healthy is as individual looks like us invest in time in our relationship with our father because it's his gracious words that are like honeycomb that are sweetness to the soul and health to the body it's when he speaks to us that we get our strength that we get our life that we get he's our daily bread right when jesus said that it was so it's that moment in john 6 where actually a lot of people left him because they thought that's so counter everything we've heard how can you say you are the daily bread like how can you say that you are the bread of life like that doesn't work and so a lot of people thought this was too far and they left him but we know today that Jesus is the bread of life that we find life in him that daily we draw everything we need from him I want to read a a little story in first kings it's about Elijah and Elisha uh, it says, verse 19, so Elijah went on from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. Now, every time I say Sha- I see Shaphat, I want to say Snapchat. I don't know. Um, maybe it's the, it's, 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 but when I read those, I see those words, you see it quickly. I'm like, Elisha, son of Snapchat. But no, it's not, son of Shaphat. Anyways, he was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving with the 12 pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him which was essentially what he's doing in that in that moment is throw, the cloak for the prophets was what kind of distinguished them from the other people so his cloak his garment was what people knew this is the prophet he's the man right so by throwing his cloak around Elisha throwing it to him he was like pick that up and come with me pick that up and follow me a bit like Jesus did with his disciples right so Elisha recognizing the moment, recognizing what was happening, what Elijah was doing, Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. And he says before leaving, let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Elijah says, go back. What have I done to you? And what have I done to you isn't like a you're not doing what I want you to do is don't forget what I've done to you, you know, by throwing my thing. So as you go back, don't forget what this means uh, and make sure you come back to me kind of thing. So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the ploughing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. Now, You can probably see this verse, and when you read it, these few verses, you probably, or what immediately I think of is Jesus and the disciples. It's like a a mirroring uh, in the Old Testament of what's going to happen. Jesus came to the disciples, leave your nets and follow me, right? And just like there, he's leaving all his equipment, his oxen. Now, to have 12 yoke of oxen... The guy had a lot of land. The guy wasn't at the beginning of his little journey as a farmer. He, he was the boss at that point. Like, you know, he had a good thing going. He had a load of oxen. They were doing his job. So he was successful in what he was doing. And Elijah comes and says, forget all of that just come and follow me just like jesus said to the fisherman to to the tax collector who was very successful forget all of that come and follow me and so Elisha sets out to follow elijah and he comes as a friend he becomes a friend to elijah but more than that he comes as a disciple and we've been talking about speaking about being disciple a disciple making church right and um Again, I believe that in the season we're in, God is speaking to each of us, Sharon and myself included, about a fresh surrender, about our priorities in life, if you'd like. Now, notice how Elisha burnt up everything, all his equipment, everything he had. He burnt it up to follow his teacher, Elijah. And we are called to do just the same thing, just like Jesus disciples left their nets we are called to rearrange our life prioritize our lives so that we can follow God and let his priorities his plan become part of who we are now again I'm not saying that any of you need to put your computer in the garden burn it up and then come back to me saying I've done it all I've left I've left whatever computer representing the yoke of oxen whatever job you have maybe it's not a computer maybe it's some tools or whatever that is not what I'm saying but there is a fresh call to surrender to the plan of God his plan right he is at the head of our flotilla and again that includes myself and Sharon and our heart is not to say again come and serve the church but I think there is a principle at work this is not a common of the church thing. This is a but seek his kingdom first and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well type of thing. We seek his kingdom and his righteousness first. He is the number one priority in our lives. Everything is dictated by who he is, what he does and what he is saying to us. And what he's saying to us is follow me. Follow me, I'm looking for willing vessels. Follow me because I'm the man with the plan. Serve me in my purposes and your life will never be more fulfilled as a result. There's a fresh surrender to God that he is calling us to so we can move forward together in his success, just like we described in our flotilla example. You want to expand on that a little bit maybe?
1: Yeah. Galatians 2.20, one of my favorite scriptures ever. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It is the true reality of my life's not my own anymore. <laughs> I was bought with a price. My life belongs to him. Now, that includes my time. That includes my finances. That includes my, my dreams, my desires, my just everything. It includes my life. I've been bought by a price and the same is true for us. When we surrender to him, he becomes our Lord. Now this is, this is where we're going to land on this morning. This is the final point. It's all about surrender. In that surrender. Will we become healthy when we surrender to God and we give ourselves to him and allow him to work in us, we become healthy. When we surrender to his plan and which is number three, to his plan, there will be relationship, there will be community, there will be all of those things. And this is not a, when you hear the word surrender, you might go, oh, I hate that word every time. Oh my goodness. Um, maybe that's part in you uh, that you really don't like the part of the thought of surrender but it what we're talking about is not a you have to submit and surrender and get on your knees or we'll break it type thing that's not at all what what this is communicating when we when Jesus becomes our lord and because we have relationship with him it's a joyful surrender because he gave himself for us because he loved us first we want to love him we want to give ourselves to him And it's this joyful of Lord. I'm yours. I'm yours. So, because we love Him, our lives revolve around Him. So, our lives, my life needs to not revolve around myself, but around Him, because my life is not my own. And you know what? I am so glad. I don't have to be Lord over my own life and figure things out and be in charge of my life. And in a, you know, of course, we still have to be in charge of our lives in the right sense. But I'm just so glad I don't have to figure it all out (laughs) because I'm useless at it. Let's be honest. So when he becomes our Lord, he becomes a friend. Uh, Someone I was listening to just this week, he said that the Lord, I think it was actually Bill Johnson that said that... um, The Lord can only be a friend where he was a Lord first. He needs to be our Lord first when we surrender to him and then he can become our friend. So we want to prioritize what's on his heart. Amen. Because when we love someone so deeply, when you love someone, you want to do whatever brings them joy, right? You want to just make them so happy and just see that joy in them. And that's how God feels about us. And that's how we want to feel about God. Um, guys, would you mind just putting a pad in the background? We're just going to respond now um, and we're going to finish in a minute. But in this response, we just want, just close your eyes for a minute. <laughs> We've been talking about this flotilla. We've been talking about us being healthy, about having relationships, good relationships, and uh, following the plan and working together, not being isolated, about surrendering. And maybe God has highlighted one of those things to you this morning. Maybe it has to do with your spiritual health. Maybe it has to do with relationships. Maybe it's about the plan that he has for you as an individual, or putting things in perspective and talking about the greater kingdom plan, bringing you back to that great commission. And just ask God right now to just just highlight one of those things to you that He wants to speak to you about, that He wants to show you. And we want to just give ourselves to Him. It's something you will hear us say as Kingdom Faith a lot because it's, it's in our DNA, it's who we are. It's the who we are in Christ Jesus that I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. And that is such... An amazing thing that I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. So just want to invite you to just have this, just have a little conversation with God now. Just ask him to speak to you, to show you. Then, as he speaks to you, just speak back to him, just respond to him.
0: Yeah, I just have this um this picture of uh we've been on the theme of boats. Um, got this picture of uh just a boat and someone throwing the anchor and uh and obviously the anchor is, is is going down and into into the bottom of the sea and just anchoring everything. It's his job. And through that I just feel like God is saying like it's 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 time to throw the anchor, it's time to be fully committed it's time to be fully there whatever that means maybe in your own relationship with god maybe it is as fully here in in part of this body or fully yeah just fully throwing the anchor not and i know the flotilla moves forwards but in the in this instant just fully anchored into we are in Christ, fully anchored into the things that he has for us, fully submitted to his plan for our lives, fully anchored into the life that he has for you, for me, for us, fully anchored into his body, the church, into relationships, into all of that, fully anchored into everything that we were talking about this morning it's time to throw the anchor thank you Jesus
1: Father I thank you that you've called us as Kingdom Faith to be a revival people Father I thank you that the mission and the vision that you have is so much greater that we could have for ourselves or for this church, for this nation. And Lord, we just thank you because you are faithful to do what you said you will do. Lord, we just want to say yes to this call to see a revival for a generation turning the tide of a godless society by faith expressed through love and the power of the Holy Spirit to win and make disciples of all nations Lord we want to win and make disciples of all nations Lord we want to see this tide of the godless society turned, we want to see a revival for a generation Lord we want to see faith expressed through love, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we just want to surrender fresh to your plan. And we just say, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done, Lord God. Lord, we really want to be true Christians, little Christ. We want to carry the very heartbeat of God, the very DNA of heaven, everywhere we go, Lord, to everyone we meet. Father, would you help us to be healthy as a body, as a church, as individuals? Would you help us, Lord, in our relationship with you, in our relationship in our family, in our relationships with one another? Lord, would you help us to? To be able to surrender to your plan and your mission and to trust you because you know and you've got ahead of us and your plans are plans to prosper us not to harm us plans to give us a hope and a future father thank you because your vision is so much bigger than ours could ever be thank you lord we just want to surrender ourselves as as, as pastors and as a congregation, we want to surrender ourselves afresh to you, Lord, to what you have for this congregation, to what you have for this community and family of believers. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you.